you're listening to The Journey Podcast. Today, we meet an extraordinary man whose profound story of overcoming a stutter changed his life and his path. Stay tuned for today's episode. Hi, I'm Petra Brunbauer, and with decades of experience with sadness, pain, anxiety, and stress, I finally figured out how to leave all that behind. And this podcast shows you how to break free permanently so you can reclaim your sanity and find the self-esteem and energy to go after the life you desire. With real talk about mental health, holistic healing, and the tough journey of coming out the other end. This is The Journey Podcast. Welcome to today's episode. Today marks the start of Mental Health Awareness Week in the UK, and this is a special bonus episode. Stuttering, also known as stammering, is a speech disorder characterized by repetitions, prolongations, or blockages of sounds, syllables, or words, which disrupt the smooth flow of speech. Stuttering can be difficult to manage and many people experience bullying and exclusion from a young age because of this. Today, we connect with a truly inspiring guest who has overcome stuttering. He has turned his struggle into a transformation and it has changed his life in remarkable ways. Callum's journey of resilience, determination and personal growth not only showcases his own strength, but shows others who stutter the possibility of overcoming this challenge and living a fulfilling life. Callum Schofield has a stutter, which is also known as a stammer. Aged 18, he first said his name without stuttering for the first time, and that's when his life began to turn around. After years of embarrassment, shame, fear, bullying, and struggle, Callum is now training to be a teacher has set up a support network for university students who stutter and works to raise awareness of stuttering through social media platforms. Let's meet Callum Schofield. Hi, Cal. It's so great to have you on the podcast. I've been looking forward to getting to chat with you because you have such a profound personal story of overcoming adversity in the form of a stutter. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I've been very excited to speak like this and share my story. So I'm very excited to get started. Yes, it's my pleasure and thank you for being here. And to get started, do you want to share a little bit about yourself and your story so listeners can get an idea of what you've been through? So when I was a child, around the age of four or five, I developed a stutter, which is basically where it takes you longer to say words, certain words or sounds are repeated or they're elongated. Now, initially, because I was sort of a carefree child, I didn't see myself as any different to anyone else. I didn't think that my stutter really mattered or was an issue. But obviously, as you get a little bit older, you get a little bit more self-aware and people around you get a little bit more self-aware. So they start to notice. I think it's the, unfortunately for me, it was other children who started to notice that I had something about me that wasn't the same. So Going through school, I would get quite a bit, a lot of stick from the other children, whether that's in the form of 
them trying to force me to say things that they know I would stutter on just to get a laugh out of it, where they're laughing at me, saying that I sound like a machine gun, saying that I sound like a helicopter, saying that I sound like a motorbike. So it very much went from not caring about my stutter at the ages of, say, eight or nine to when I was 10 or 11. I then went into quite a shy or quiet child, just, and it seemed that it all happened so fast. When I look back, I can't pinpoint when that happened. But then next thing I know, I'm holding back, I'm nervous, I'm afraid of speaking. Now, this went on all through secondary school. And of course, when you're doing exams, I had to do some speaking exams in both my English and because I'm from Wales, I do speaking Welsh exams as well. So they were major anxieties for me growing up. I did okay. I got past school. I got past my A-level exams. But then this stutter, which had been a burden on me for the last 10, 15 years, was still a massive burden. Instead of going off to university like my friends are doing, I felt like I wasn't able to. I felt like my speech would always hold me back. I felt like I would have to just accept the fact that I'll never be able to say what I want, never be able to say my own name. So I was working a dead-end job in just a fast food restaurant, and I thought this is all I'll be able to sort of amount to in my life, really. So and that's not a nice feeling. For a start, it's thinking that you'd never be able to say your name. is something that must be really hard to comprehend. But then doing this while stuck in a job that you hate because you think you're not worth more, yeah, that's sort of the first 18 years of my life, really. Wow, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I am really glad that you're here today and you're showing and proving to everyone that you can do this and it will not hold you back. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. I'm curious about how this journey impacted your mental well-being as you were going through that. I know that now you're in a little bit of a different place, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but what was that journey like from a mental perspective? It was a massive challenge. I've always been a more sensitive person, so that means when I was working in my job, if I would have stick from customers or customers react negatively towards my stutter, then I would react very emotively, whether that's by getting angry with myself or the situation, whether that's getting upset, whether that's getting annoyed with a customer. This was the same through school. I'm a very, and now I know there's absolutely no shame in this, but I'm a very emotionally charged person. So in school, as soon as I would get a little bit of stick or I would think someone was making fun of my stutter, I would get upset instantly and that would upset me for quite a long time. And then this does have that impact on you mentally because the stutter becomes a burden so then you just don't want to talk about it so then when someone like a family member or a teacher or a friend even mentions my stutter I get sort of aggravated instantly I want to shut down the whole idea of me talking about having a stutter instantly and then that obviously creates a negative mental space as a result of that you know these negative emotions these anxieties, the shame, the fear builds and an awful lot of self-doubt creeps in. As all it took was one negative speaking situation for that self-doubt to grow a little bit more. When these negative situations keep happening, partially to do with the pessimistic mindset, I'll admit, but also partially to do with the situation I was in when I felt trapped by my speech, this would lead to 
were some very challenging moments and very upsetting times when I just felt mentally not happy, really. I just would do the same routine of getting up. I would go to work. I would have a bad time in work. I wouldn't really want to do that much with my friends, or if it was, it would be out on the weekends, you know, involving alcohol. As when I was 18, around that age, when I drank alcohol, that would help my speech. Like, now me and my friends joke about it. They said, if I just had a drink every day when I was a kid and when I was young adult, my speech would be fine, but it gives you that bit of confidence. So it was not a healthy place to be in physically or mentally. Anyway, I really believe that how we're feeling mentally reflects on us physically. So when I'm not happy mentally, I'm not putting much effort into my mental health, then my physical health deteriorates, whether that's just general fitness, whether that's how to breaks on skin or anything like that. So mentally, it was a very challenging time. And the worst part was I felt completely alone. I didn't feel like I had anyone I could talk to about it who truly understood that. Of course, my family have been so supportive and they've always treated me the same. Never let my stutter be an issue. But unless you actually have a stutter yourself, you can only understand to a certain point. I'll never say I completely understand to someone whose situation, who's gone through things that I haven't. I'll do my best to understand to a point, but I know I'll never truly understand. And that feeling of, of isolation, and then that isolation reflects into the fact that I felt like I can't express myself, I can't say what I want when I want. You know, I can't even say my own name. You have a sort of identity crisis. You think, if I can't say Callum, who is Callum? It's a really horrible situation to be in, and I think with stuttering, it's sort of, it doesn't just pull you down speech-wise by not being able to order what you want from McDonald's or not being able to tell the joke you want. It pulls you down from so many mental angles as well, which makes it 10 times harder. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that insight. I find that really interesting because in a lot of situations, we actually find help and support for different things we're going through. And very often the people providing that support haven't actually been through the things they're giving us support for. I definitely understand what you're saying there that you felt very isolated and like people just didn't understand because even if you had help, there's a big chance that the person helping just didn't have a stutter or didn't overcome a stutter. So. Yeah, definitely. And what's different about you now to about three or four years ago? Where are you at now? I'm absolutely in a much better place now as when I was 18. I attended a speech program called a Starfish Project. It was a very moment of chance. I just happened to come across someone on an online forum when I was having a bad day who had a stammer as well. We had a phone call just so I could talk to someone else who stammered or stuttered. Then he was someone who attended this speech project years ago. And this speech project, when you go once you get lifetime membership, so you come back and then you come back to work on your own speech and help people who were there for the first time. So he sort of planted the seed of the Starfish Project in my head. I sort of took a chance. I went there. And as much as it's a cliche, it did change my life. As I remember on the 25th of September, the year was 2019. I remember that date exactly. It was a date that I first said, Callum Schofield without stuttering. And I have absolutely no shame in saying when I first said my name. I completely broke down. It was a moment that I never thought I would have. As I adapted to thinking that I would never be able to 
say my name. But as I remember, there was a gentleman sat opposite me who was teaching me the speech technique who I was working with. So then he said his name. We practiced for a little bit. And then when I said calm school for the first time, this just absolute flood of emotions just all came out of me because for the first time I finally felt like I had a voice and I was doing something I never thought I could do. Even talking about it now gets me very emotional Mm -hmm. as that's still an achievement that stands shoulder to shoulder with my greatest achievements. I would always say it is saying my name for the first time. Ironically, words cannot describe the emotions I felt that moment. It was just a rush of warm emotions, but also 18 years of hardship and struggle also coming out in that moment. So that was insane. And that just got the ball rolling, really. There's a whole point whether you... But there's lots of different speech courses out there and lots of different charities that can offer support. But the main thing is if you show initiative and work on your speech. So I went on this course for the three for four days. I came back and then I spent the next year, year and a half working on my speech every day. For example, when we went through lockdown with COVID, every morning I joined a charity group call, which I'm now a mentor with, and we had a morning speaking club, a morning reading club. So every day I was working on my speech one way or another. So it's not an easy ride. It's not a quick fix that you learn something or you have an epiphany as such. It's years of hardship. And then that's just the physical aspect of speech because you've still got all these negative emotions. I still had the fear, the fear of rejection, the fear of speaking, the fear of being judged, the shame, the worries, the anxieties. It's just because you found your voice, you've still got to then try and battle all these mental demons. And that came at a a latter stage, as that took a lot more work than I thought. Maybe I was a little bit naive to assume that at a point I thought, if I could just speak okay, my life will be okay. But obviously it's not like that, because then you can more problems and more challenges crop up. And when you're still carrying the burden of the emotions and the mental side of your stutter, even though your speech isn't as bad as it used to be, I could never say it string a sentence together, I would really struggle to get words out at all in times. Then you have to deal with the mental side. And that definitely took me a lot more sort of trial and error, a lot more challenges to overcome. And it was actually my last job where I was a support teacher in a school. That's what really gave me that closure. Because I found something that I could do when I could do well, if not better than most, as I wanted to be a best teaching assistant I could. And I was able to do that. And at the start, those mental worries, the fear of am I good enough, my self-value, my self-worth was a bit up and down really. But then the more support I had from my work family, the more I got into the job, I was able to sort of overcome those anxieties without really knowing about it. So and that's what I just got to show, but just by getting up in the morning and getting out of that front door is achieving something, even if you don't realise it. Trust in the timings. You don't have to fix everything in one go. Things will come at different times if you keep working on it. If you put the effort in, what you put in is what you would get out. So if you're willing to put the effort in, it might not happen straight away, but it will happen if you continue putting the effort in and if you want it enough. Mm, Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I can really feel the emotion as you're sharing your story about saying your name for the first time. I can only imagine what a profound moment that was for you. So (laughs) thank you so much for sharing that with us. 
Thank you. I absolutely love sharing it. But yeah, I always get very emotional. Still now talking about it. And obviously that was over three years ago, but still the emotions are still there. They're still raw and it's the story to share. But yeah, it's very emotional every time. Mm -hmm. And along this journey and in the last few years and even before that, what kind of coping mechanisms worked well for you to help yourself balance sort of the mental things that you were going through, physical things that you might be experiencing? Did you find anything that helped you? I think you sort of split them into two categories. There's the coping mechanisms that I would say are healthy, and then there's, there's the coping mechanisms that are unhealthy. As before, I was working on my speech and mindset to fight all these demons. My coping mechanisms were not healthy at all. Like, for example, speech-wise, my coping mechanism was, if I have a couple of drinks, my speech is fine, and that's not healthy. And then at the same time, it was hiding and avoidance. So if there was a social situation, like if my family were heading out to see family friends for a day to go and do something, I would think of excuses why I couldn't go. I would pretend to be ill. I would this and that. Same in school. If there was a speaking task coming up, I would pretend to be ill. I would just avoid as much as I could. I would be swapping words. As Even though it sounds like, oh, switching words, surely that'll help by switching to a word you can say. But that's just building up the fear and anxiety on the words that I'm switching from. So I had some very unhealthy coping mechanisms. Definitely avoidance was the major one because even at the ages of 16, 17, 18, I would get my family to order for me in restaurants and this and that. And that's the easy way out. And at the time, I thought it was perfect. I just won't have to speak. You know, I get my friends and family to order for me and just avoid any speaking situation I don't have to be part of. But then it builds up, and just all it does is fuel your anxiety and self-doubt. If anything, it acts as a catalyst. So mm-hmm. every coping mechanism has to be healthy. But moving forward, when I started working on my speech and mindset, first coping mechanism is just talking, letting people in. As I was so against talking about my speech, and my, st- uh, and my sort of hardship, it would be the elephant in the room. As I remember, when I came back from the speech course, I went to see my grandparents who I'm very close to, and we first spoke about my stutter there and then, and that was after, well, 18 years of hardship, really. So that was very interesting to actually have that conversation. It was very enlightening to just openly talk. And I know people say it all the time on TV, on media, but just, Talking helps so much. Just explaining, like with my job, all of the teachers I worked with were aware of my speech. They all knew my students were aware of my speech. Just talking. Then I would say the opposite of avoidance is non-avoidance. Even if I go into a speaking situation where I know I'm going to stutter, and just because I'm speaking on podcast now doesn't mean my speech is perfect. Like I went out for food not yesterday; it was quite recently, and I knew that when I went up to the counter to order my speech, I could feel that it wasn't going to be a good speaking situation. Mm-hmm. I could have very easily, as one of my friends was with me, I could have asked her to order for me. I could have asked her just to sort it out. But instead, I still spoke. I still went there, but that's why non-avoidance is key. But as soon as you start avoiding, you're slipping back into your old habits. And something has worked for me, particularly when it comes to those negative emotions to do with self-worth and self-value, is before... I start the day or before I have a night out, before I do something, I'll stand in the mirror five, ten minutes and just give myself these little positive affirmations. As I did it really, I was quite narrow-minded when I was 
first exposed to ways to make your life a little bit better because I had this negative victim mindset. So I shut down the idea of talking to myself in the mirror. I thought it was a stupid idea. But now that I'm actually doing it, I can see the benefit. I have better days mentally and the best times when I've given myself a bit of credit and looked in the mirror and told myself that I am enough and I am worthy of feeling this way. So yeah, definitely those healthy coping mechanisms. I'm really glad I made that transition from unhealthy to healthy, really. Mm, Absolutely. And that's a really good point that when people might not know where to start their journey with us, that could be the first place they go is unhealthy coping mechanisms because that's all they know and all they can find. So, And do you have any words of advice for any listeners that might be struggling with a stutter? Where could they start healing and moving forward? I think my biggest bit of advice that's worked for me is just trust the timing of your life. As I know, when I went on that speech course, if I went any earlier, I don't think it would have had the same effect or impact it had on me. If I went any later, who knows? As even though it sounds, again, that cliche, when you know, you'll know. It might be a moment when you think enough's enough. It might be a time when you think, I can do this. But just trust the timing. Don't try and run before you can walk, as that's when you get a little bit lost and stuck in a cycle of trying to achieve too much. So just really trust the timing, because if you want something enough, then it will happen one way or another as I always jokingly say a lot of my life has been me looking when I'm in a situation and thinking how on earth have I managed to get you from a boy who was too scared to put his hand up in school could barely get a word out couldn't say his own name to being here I have no idea how this happened and that's just because I very much trusted the timing when an opportunity comes that feels right you take it and just know that you're not alone as I joined lots of sort of stuttering support groups on Facebook first before I actually met anyone who stutters or worked on my speech. But it was just a place I could, if I had a bad day, I could post I've had a bad day and people would understand. I could ask a question, people would understand. I started to see these success stories and they're hard to find. When you think something is the worst thing in the world, it's very hard to find success stories as you probably doesn't want to see them because that means there is a way out. But sometimes the thought of a way out is scarier than being in your current situation. But it all starts somewhere. So if you want it, it will happen. Just trust the time. And I don't expect too much too soon because it will work out if you're willing to put that effort in. That's some fantastic advice for actually many things in life and <laughs> to trust the timing and trust the flow. So thank you for that. That is perfect advice. And do you want to go over some of your programs and services? Or I know that you're leading an initiative as well. Do you want to explain a little bit about that to the listeners? Yeah, so at the moment, I'm a university student. And I noticed that there's support groups all across the UK, America, all different countries have their own stuttering networks for geographic locations, for certain industries. But I thought, hang about, there's actually no support network for university students. So what does it take to set one of them up? And I've actually set up University Students Who Stutter, which is an online support network for university students who have a stutter. And now it's in the form of sort of a support community through Facebook groups, just forums where people can meet each other. But as well as that, we have monthly group calls. Now, these group calls can be social, they can be speech practice, and we also have opportunity for people who have 
speeches or presentations or job interviews coming up to have these speech practice sessions where they will come and practice delivering their speech or presentation to an audience of people who started just to get that bit of practice. So that's definitely my initiative that I'm working on. I'm hoping to grow us at the moment. We've got about 25, 30 members, which is, I'm already overwhelmed with that from a start, but mm-hmm. one in a hundred people have a stutter. And there's over a thousand, hundreds of thousands of university students who stutter. So the maths works out that we should definitely have a lot more by hopefully the end of the year and this can grow as a community. Alongside that, on my own socials, on YouTube and TikTok, just search Calm Schofield and I talk about stuttering, just trying to normalise stuttering, just general my life as I was very careful that I want to raise awareness of stuttering, absolutely, but I didn't want it to become my only personality trait. So you see on TikTok and YouTube, I sort of show just what I'm up to as well as raising awareness about stuttering. So that's the main things I'm working on in three areas I'm hoping to grow throughout 2023 as well. Mm -hmm. And I definitely wish you all the best for this year and what an amazing initiative you've started. And we will be linking to all of Callum's offerings in the show notes as well. So be sure to check there for how you can connect and how you can connect with the University Student Support Network that he has started as well. And this has been another incredible episode. And I hope our listeners have enjoyed the journey into overcoming adversity and have connected with your story, Callum. It has been fantastic chatting with you on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time today. Well, well, thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed sharing my story. It's been an absolute pleasure to be invited on you and talk to you. Yeah, Hopefully your listeners have enjoyed it and have maybe taken some little value from it. So thank you again. Yes, thank you so much for that. And take care, Callum. And you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen in. If you enjoy the Journey podcast, please subscribe, share on social media and leave us a five-star review. You can find more of the Journey on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and the Journey blog. Sending you love and courage and see you next week.